Hey, 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 everybody. It is Hanifa Walida. It's Red Summer. And we is your gay auntie. Yes, we is. <laughs> yes, we is. Coming to you. And I'm loving it because the letters are starting to flood in, the momentum. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. We have two letters for uh, you guys today that we are really looking forward to. Um, to answering before we get into that though how was your pride weekend it was in Atlanta lovely. that is yes yes I, I did get to go back to my old stomping grounds and and come on down to Atlanta it's so funny because we're old and I remember the old ladies that was in the clubs when I was 20-something. And I'm the old ladies in the club because I just be sitting there looking like, ooh, honey, this music is loud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm even worse because... <laughs> You know, uh, me and my partner was like, yeah, we, first of all, we had to work this weekend. So we said, okay, we're going to go to one fucking event. Mm-hmm. And that was a mutual friend of ours, um, Ada. She does love her. She's a new party called Air. We said, it's Sunday night. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to be in there. We're going to be in there. Mm-hmm. 10 o'clock. Right. 7 o'clock. 11.30. Midnight rolled around. I'm like, yo, and we're and we not even in the same place. Right. All right. So we, we, we Facebook, uh, uh, FaceTime each other like, yo, um, see, <laughs> right. And I was like, I can't believe we, we, we doing this old lady shit getting tired before 11. It's like, like all intentions to go out. Yeah. And then the clock roll around. It's like, I literally like, I am not moving from this motherfucking couch. And this is so sad. Right. <laughs> so what's funny too. Okay. So our hotel was next door to where the day party was on Saturday mm-hmm. and so we watched the day party from our hotel <laughs> <laughs> but the problem was we weren't motivated to go down to it because these uh, well I'm gonna say these young people don't dance anymore so we would go to parties and we would mm-hmm. like dance our lives away and we would come out the thing. Your hair, your whole hairdo was changed. Like you had changed your outfit. You was missing parts of your outfit that you came in with. Your shoes was in your hand. Like you really, <laughs> you showed up to that bad boy and you just like left it on the floor. We watched maybe. 200 black lesbians come to one room not talk to each other and take pictures of themselves girl it was the most bizarre thing that i have witnessed like for real in my life i i didn't i didn't know what like like like, (laughs) yo 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 like i get i get it i get it like you want to dress up you want to be seen. Like, I get it. But it was different where it's like, I dressed up. I did my thing. I'm going to step in. But it was two halves of the night. The first half is I'm stepping into the club. Look at me. I look cute. Look at my girl. She look cute. See, right. see, see. Oh, right. word, that's four on the floor. Now the music hit. You know, someone like DJ Mary Max, she's trying to mm-hmm. New York, you know, started doing her mm-hmm. thing or whatever. And then it's like, well, oh, well, I guess I want to set this, this shit to the cleaners because I'm about to get it right. in. And yes, like you said, you come, what you look like going into 
into the club is one experience, but coming out of it, you look right. fucked. And in a good fuck. <laughs> like the real fucks. Like <laughs> okay. exactly. Is that you dance you dancing, you dancing with everybody, ain't nobody tripping. Yeah. And so like they didn't talk to each other. They only talked to their the people that they came with. Like they mm-hmm. stayed in their little sections or whatever. Um, there were some times where we heard like um the MC come on and people go, Oh, you know what I'm saying? But everybody was so busy like on snap like Snapchat in the moment that they weren't really having fun. Like they weren't really having a they weren't really having Yeah, a so when it was over, they just went back to standing. I, I didn't You know what's what you know what's when you know what's my biggest, not even a peeve. I think actually find it quite hilarious. Okay. Selfies, I get it. I ain't that old. I still do yeah, selfies too. Yeah, Every now and then absolutely. I feel myself. It's like, you know, okay. But there are certain filters, and I literally will watch young folks take a filter. I'm behind them. I'm seeing what their face look like in mm-hmm. the filter. And I just do, I hook to the left and see what their actual <laughs> face look like. Yeah. Son, it's like 180 <laughs> degrees difference. Mm-hmm. So I'm, a, I'm trying to understand you put in. I understand putting your image out there and your, I, I get it. I, I get it. And I think a lot of young people actually learn how to see themselves through the selfie thing. I think that is totally a generational yeah. thing. But when you literally are putting an image out there that don't look jack shit like you, or you living vicariously through this filter, but that don't look nothing like mm-hmm. you, son. You know what I'm saying? That's the picture you're using on your Tinder. That's the picture. Yeah. You, I'm like, no. So, like, for real, on you know, your that profile just, picture, you got pink hearts and eyeliner and long lashes. Like, <laughs> I listen. I don't. I know. I okay. So, I just want to say this. I know that you know the young people. They say that we just we we go too hard sometimes, and it hurts their feelings. <laughs> so, I get that this is a thing. I also know people okay, totally. who use more than the Snapchat filter. I've seen uh, men and women use a, um, a what is it called? A, a cosmetic surgery filter. Excuse me? Yo. <laughs> so there's a filter, yes, that you put on your phone. You can be standing there with a whole beer belly, but the filter will give you a six pack. <laughs> right? You could be standing there shaped like a box of cornflakes and the filter will give you like an hourglass shape. (laughs) And so like I get that you get to be whoever it is you want the world to see you as through the filters. Like I get it. But what point is it that you like even try to do the the thing for you like there's no reason like I used to have to learn how to put my makeup on right I used to have to learn how to put the eyelashes like the eyeliner like I used to have to learn it now I don't have to learn it because I could just turn the filter on click and I still look like you said (laughs) like my left foot and so (laughs) We don't want to take the time to learn any techniques. We don't want to take the time to put in any work to really like 
I don't know. And so then the whole day is 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 fake, yo. I'm sorry. I love y'all. And and, and and at some point, at some point, whatever image you're putting out there, you're gonna have to meet that image with whomever, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, and I think and, 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 and of course, we preface all of this with this is not some blanketed statement that every like a generation is just fucking lost no, to no, selfies no. or something like that. You know, obviously there are there are people of every generation that's on point with their shit, whatever. Mm-hmm. All right, but it's 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 what I'm. I mean, I'm not even gonna say concern because concern sounds motherly and maternal. I'm I'm interested in understanding. You know, where we have this phenomenon where, okay, this is a total text generation. They will not get on the phone to save mm-hmm. their motherfucking lives. All right? Literally, to save their lives, they will not get on the phone. Being on the phone, I think, raises so much anxiety. Ah. And I'm curious where that mm-hmm. came from. Where mm-hmm. did that come from? Where actual, because being on the phone is just one step away from being face right. to face. And if you can't engage on the phone, or you're going from text to face to face. I'm, I'm trying to understand where how where that 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 step got is out and how that affects and, it, and so it's the same thing with like the the filtered selfies. It's like hey, you're putting this out there, but at some point you're going to have to engage with whoever you're trying to think you look like this or, or whatever you think that image is mm-hmm. in your head. You're going to have to meet it personality wise and look wise. So if you don't, how like I I want to know and, and I'm, I'm asking the question. I'm not suggesting to speculate and I'm asking the question what is the experience for you as young people where I get it y'all texting or I get it y'all doing the selfie thing y'all putting it out there okay at some point you connect with somebody on whatever level through text or or filtered selfies you go on a date because you Mm. got to see each other at some point (laughs) you go on a date what is that is there anxiety around there is there like do you feel there's a greater anxiety how do you come together as a couple you know um or do you just meet people in clubs or in person and it's not so much text selfie than in person i'm just curious what that process is and if there's anxiety around talking on the phone or some avoidance or apprehension, like I don't want to talk on the phone, there's something up mm-hmm. about that, whatever that is, what how does that translate in your face-to-face and being able to engage with people? Like what is that? What is the apprehension so, to want to talk on the phone? That's I, or, or, uh, I you know, saw this couple yeah. out my wife and I out last night. We just like we gotta go on a date. We just thought we was really doing something because we went like two towns over to a restaurant. It was, I don't know. Whatever. So <laughs> We were so excited. I put on good shoes and everything, right? So, <laughs> so we get to the restaurant, and there's a couple that sits across from us. Um, and so the first couple that's there, the husband is on his phone the entire time. The wife is taking, like, trying to feed the baby, but the baby is also watching a show like a cartoon on her phone so she can't use her phone she's trying to feed the baby because the baby's on her phone right so they absolutely never engage with each other the baby is swatting the mama away because they trying to watch the cartoon and the mama keep trying to feed the baby like it was it was sad so then this couple gets up and leaves another couple comes and sits down and they stayed on their phone the entire time. When their food came, they took pictures of their food, they ate it, and then they got back on the phone. Like, they literally never spoke to each other the entire meal. Wow. Really? <laughs> I was like, yo, like, what universe have we been beamed into? And if people are comfortable with that, 
I mean, like, as we're talking about this, you have to listen to us talking and you can't just dismiss it. It's like, okay, those are old bitches, whatever, but, oh, that's a different generation, whatever. Just, just on paper, it mm. sounds bananas, right? But, but obviously for people who do that, who go on dates, but don't actually speak to each other, they are still building some sort of connection through that activity of not talking to each other and just And I wondered if phone. they were talking to each other on the phone. Like... <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> okay. Stop it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. And okay. I'm a phone person. Oh, so okay. it's not that like I'm against like Me the technology too. and I'm blah, blah, blah. Like I'm not judging it. Like I get it. I spend the majority of my ride in trying to get caught up on everything that's going on because like at my job, I can't be on my phone. <laughs> so in the car, I'm probably not chatty, chatty, chat, chat. I'm, you know, half chat and half like searching. So I'm not judging at all <laughs> i'm just saying that like well just that there are times where you should be engaging with people like like you you traveled from a whole nother city to come to atlanta to go to pride and then just didn't even talk to nobody you stayed on your phone the whole time like i don't understand why you went and i and i'm and my and my thing is i will text until the cows come home but at some mm-hmm. point i'll say it's like yo i'm just gonna call you because first of all my thumbs hurt you know because i'm I'm, te- I'm a big time texter i will text but sometimes the conversation yeah. needs for you to hear me yeah. on the phone like this is i'm we're passing too much information it's taking too much fucking time i can just tell you in two seconds about right, to take right. two minutes to, te- to, to type all this and i'm a fast <laughs> You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you know, so sometimes just efficient wise, I need to get on the phone with you. Plus also just tone. I can text something and you completely do not understand the tone yeah. in which I'm talking. So it can be misconstrued. So we waste more time trying to correct mm-hmm. what you thought I was meaning, but I wasn't meaning that. And we just was on the yeah. phone. You yeah. were totally going to understand what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? But anyway, we, okay, I think we pontificate <laughs> a little bit too. You know, we're going along on this. And we don't, and I know how we must sound the song, but I am curious for y'all to explain to us either the attraction, the addiction, or the complacency or the comfort in that sort of behavior. Mm-hmm. I want to know. I don't want to guess. I don't want to speculate. I want to know what that is for mm-hmm. you, good, bad, or whatever. All right? Ah! So you can holler at us at yourgayaunties at gmail.com. Or, or you can holler literally at us at um, <laughs> your gay aunties on Instagram. Okay. All right, let's, let's, holler, yes, let's get up in, this, in these letters. Um, so we're, yes. we're going we're to do the mommy so, one first. Um, and let me. All right. All right. I, uh, the first letter is from Cyan, I believe. Is that how we want to pronounce it? Um, mm-hmm. C-Y-A-N, right? I think that's Cyan. Mm-hmm. And Cyan is really mm-hmm. struggling with. I think uh, the way that I internalized it was like um, survivor's remorse, right? <laughs> mm, yes. Yeah, so Sam has been able it. to move to mm-hmm. the city of her dreams. She's been able to leave home and move to the city that she's always wanted to live in. She's having a great time, like living life, like things are wonderful. However, her family back home um, is still in Iowa. In yeah. Iowa. We got is, to is, is Iowa. struggling. Mom and brother specifically are really um, struggling financially. Mom's like coming through some really uh, just rough life experiences. Okay. 
um, managing abuse mm-hmm. and, and surviving and, and getting out of that to go on to really like to experience some successes, right? Mom's finished school, mom's getting into her career, uh, but still really um, just keeping your head above water, right? In the good times. So, <laughs> and so Cyan is, mm-hmm. is feeling like maybe she should go Hello. back home. Mom is, is has gone back to school and is is getting into her career and is really starting to experience some successes, right? In life. And but however, is still just just maintaining, like not really thriving on the like just above surviving level. And Cyan is feeling guilty about being out in her dream city enjoying life when her family is struggling at home. And I was saying that I really identify with this mm. or connect with this because uh, a lot of my friends who are who come from immigrant families definitely uh, echo this same experience. Um, I do as well to an extent. Mm-hmm. Like my mother still lives in Chicago, mm-hmm. and I worry about her every day. Like even though my sister is there with her, and you know that's her city and where she, what she knows, like. I know what Chicago is like and I left, right? <laughs> I just did not want to vibrate mm-hmm. on that frequency, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that my mom wants to to leave and she like dreams of, you know, selling her house and moving somewhere else, but she hasn't. And so, yes, like I, I echo some of these same sentiments in a lot of ways uh, from what Cyan is experiencing. And I echo them sim- uh, similarly, all right, so my mom lives um, away from me. She's an older woman, and I think about her and worry about her every day. I think about you know how I am not there um, for her, um, or rather, I'm not like there to take care of her. But she's like you know she feels that she can take care of herself, but still you know there's loneliness involved with that, all of that, right? Um, she doesn't have anyone. I'm only I'm the only. I would say I'm the only relative in her life that mm-hmm. will make sure that if any shit goes down, it's about me, you know? So I worry and think about my mother every day. But what I wanted to speak about in regards to this, as we're calling it survivor's remorse, or just the pain and worry that a child um, has for uh, a mother that they care for. And they may be doing good, but maybe the mom's not doing good. And we, not even so much mm-hmm. survivors of remorse, but maybe, you know, a sense of duty um, to help take care of the mother right, as right. she had taken care of you, you know. Um, and, but I, I think mm-hmm. as, first of all, you're not alone, Cyan. Everyone who cares, who has a mother to care for, or a mother that cared for them, will worry about their mother. Even if their mother's doing seemingly great, you 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 always, as your mother ages, you worry, as your mother is in different situations, you worry, you know, it's the, it's the same. It's just like a mirror image of the worry that she will have for you. Even though you're having a great time, I'm sure she still worries about you in this big city or whatever. But so that will never essentially go away. It may be qualmed a little bit over time, maybe quieted a little bit, but the anxiety we have about worrying about our parents will always be there. But what I would like for you to understand is that even though, but I think maybe just somewhat separating your worry as her daughter and and leaving a little bit 
for her as a woman, um, just like you as a woman, the decisions that you're making, your life reveals itself based on decisions you're making, even in the challenges you go through, how you deal with those challenges and, you know, how you see your life may be different than how other people see your life. So in other words, you may be worried about your mom, but doesn't mean that she is dealing with it as you may, as in the same way in which you worry about it, one. And two, she wants you to have yeah. the time of your life. That's the reason she had your ass. You know, she doesn't want you to be burdened per se, you know, um, with all the things that she as a woman, this, again, take the mother out of it, as a woman has to deal with in this life. Okay. Um, she wants you to live your very best life. And when you are, um, even though you're, you're having fun when you're at, even when, when, I mean, at the point where maybe financially or other means, resources you have to, you have access to as life goes on, maybe you can do more for your mom or you could offer more to her, but still yeah. she may say, I don't want to move from Iowa, <laughs> you know, or I don't, you know, I'm, I, I have, I have my game plan. And though, you know, it's kind of rocky right now, I still want to stay on this road I'm at. So maybe my only suggestion is, you know, I don't know how often you talk to your mom, but when you talk to her and to see how she's doing, see if she's mm. on the track that she wants to be on, yeah. even though it may not look all that good to you right now, make sure that she feels like she's on point, even though she's hitting some bumps and bruises. You know what I mean? Cause that's just life. That's not so much about being I your agree. mom. That's just about living. I think, um, also a lot of times mm -hmm. what we identify as good enough or you know the 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 path that we think people should be on mm. is not necessarily the path that they desire to be on you know <laughs> and so you know you might mm. Um, mm. be taking on a little bit more um emotionally i'll say like then you should like mom might be okay you <laughs> Oh, yeah. okay but she might really be like proud is. that like she's finished the school you know I mean? she's blah 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 like her situation has changed and she's in a place where she's celebrating that success for herself and you like mm, but it's not good enough you know you know enough yeah. enough in the success of her daughter living wherever having her life like like you know there's nothing you know i'm not a parent but i can take a damn good guess that one of the joys of being a parent yeah. is seeing your child be who yeah. the fuck they want to be and to be happy like that is so uh, that, that gives a mother such a sense of peace like all that all that work i put into this child that mm -hmm. she is now doing yeah. what she, she's on her own path you know what i'm saying and and yeah. with less obstacles that i had to go through you know what i mean like that's a fucking achievement as a human being mm -hmm. as a parent so give your mom that you yeah, know, not to absolutely. say that you can't, you're not going to worry because we all worry about our parents. You know what I mean? Um, so knowing that you're not alone in that, just don't put your understanding of your mother's life on your mom. You know, um, try to make sure that you, that you're not harboring unnecessary anxiety. You know, and let her, unless it's some yeah. dire situation where, like, you know, well, she's in danger, right? Shit or, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, that you got to step, well, she's in like physical danger, you know, I mean, you got to jump in and just by any means necessary as a family come together to fix it. That's one thing. But if she's just going mm -hmm. through bumps and bruises, yeah, trust yeah. me, you are, you're going to do it too. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so allow her to do that. 
And when you're able to help, help, right. but don't have right. all this anxiety up before that point. Well, and I think too, you know, I'll try not to have where as much. that can lead for yeah. you is not necessarily the healthiest path either. Because if you're not allowing yourself to enjoy True. this experience because you feel like you don't deserve it, or you feel like you shouldn't be able to have it when your mom and your brother aren't also having it, you won't allow them the opportunity to join you if you leave prematurely. Right? <laughs> so mm. then you all are at home struggling. Mm-hmm. And what does that do to your spirit? How does that affect your family when now nobody is, is out mm-hmm. living their best life? Exactly. And you're young. I'm assuming your younger brother, you know, he because we've been talking about your mom a lot. You know, he is just that your younger brother. So he is at home with Mm -hmm. his mom. So their relationship now is what it is. You know what I mean? Like this is a part of his life and his memories. It's like, okay, I'm with it's just me and mom now. This is how we're working this out. So your your only thing is making sure you're checking in on him as well as you are with your mother and giving to him what yeah. you can as, as his big sister from a distance. He's, I don't think, I don't think mm-hmm. he would resent you because you outlive in your life. You're, you're his big sister, but there is, you can be a big sister from afar. Like what does he need right now? I don't know how old he is. I don't know if she said in the letter, but you know, however, whatever age she is, you be mm-hmm. the big sister that is age appropriate for him. Like what does he need right now? So that's the stuff that he remembers about you. Not so much. Oh, she yeah. wasn't there. No, right, she's 20 right. something That's or whatever you are. To be gone. You know, why would you still be at home? <laughs> you know what I mean? But but that that that'll you're supposed to be gone. You're supposed to be gone, but that doesn't mean you're disconnected. So just make sure that you're again connecting mm. not on what you think they're going through, but what do they actually need from you? And that's and that's that's what's gonna help keep your and family so together in I a way that your family is configured right now. Thought of something you know? else too. Um and I'm really struggling with how to like put this um families and poverty and i won't say families because it doesn't sound like it's the family communities um in poverty do not often appreciate Mm. uh people escaping right and so Mm. a lot of us Mm. who like went away to school got to see that at 17 18 years old like the first time you come home from college and everybody like oh you think you this because you went to that college ain't nobody you know what i'm saying you come home you you graduate half like (laughs) nobody even came to the graduation party but pooking them get out of jail and the whole family they got grandma out the house everybody right I don't know. It's it's truth. I just gotta say it, right? And so there is a a part of that that's a, it's guilt, right? Um, there's a part of that that's a communal mm-hmm. of like, why do you get to go? Be great. Go live your life. Go blah 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 blah. Who do you think you are? And I just like, I don't know that that is the case of Mm. what you're experiencing. Mm. 
But I will say just from the the greatest place of love I can find, if that is what you're experiencing, like this this guilt of being able to go and, and live in your dream city and do what you have always wanted to do, I just want you to stop that. Like, just cut that right on out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Word. Mm-hmm. Cause that, 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 that's just, that's just, that's just a downward spiral to hell. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, that don't, yeah. If that is your case to whatever degree, to whatever degree, um, you know, understand that we cannot, we may love our families. We yeah. may have issues with our families, but one thing we did not do is choose them motherfuckers. So, Sometimes a part of loving a family is accepting them for the, mm-hmm. for the choices they've made and who they are right now. But whatever they may put on you, whether it is a is them blatantly saying some whack ass shit or they kind of mm-hmm. making some snide remarks or whatever, you know, passive aggressive type of shit. Go and let them do that. Let them do that because that is their experience. You keep. You don't let that change who you are and what your mission in this life and the momentum that you have going in your life. They either want to continue to hate harder as you as you grow and become more successful or what mm-hmm. have you, you know, or they're going to come around. <laughs> but but as much as one thing family cannot dictate is, you know, or you, you cannot depend on family to all of a sudden mm-hmm. be, even though they love you to be perfect human beings. We're all just human beings and, you know, connected by blood, (laughs) but we still going to have our faults. You know what I mean? Um, For some reason, I feel like this is not really your, I feel like the way you talk about your, Mm -hmm. your your family that I don't feel like there's too much resentment going on. Um, So, but maybe there's people out there who are dealing with that, um, you know, uh, you're feeling some sort of resentment from your family. Again, just something we had said earlier, whatever the, your relationship is with your family and whatever guilt you're having with your family, do not have guilt with your family. Mm-hmm. Guilt and family should not go together. One, whatever the case may be. And family will be what they're able to be to you. And as long as you're clear on what your family is able to give you, whether yeah. they're like the dopest family in the world, no matter what happens, you, they got your back and you, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they support you and all you do. They may, they may not be doing good well themselves, but they support you. Go on, do your thing, girl. Or they're resentful and passive aggressive mm-hmm. or or, you know, you feel like you can't really, really depend on them if it shit, you know, hits the bricks. You know, so that full range, as long as you're clear on what your family is able to give from a place of love, maybe not intellect or emotional intellect, but what they're mm-hmm. able to give, then you just be clear on that. And everything else you got to get from other people. You know what I mean? Or other things, people, whatever. Right, you know, right. um, and that's really how you deal with family and friends, not for nothing, <laughs> being clear, <laughs> being clear on what people are able to give and don't put on them more than what they're able to give. Because then you're just going to wind up resenting them. If you feel that just because they're family, they're supposed to do this, that and the third. I mean, this is not a novel. This is not a movie. I know we're all right. told that shit hit the bricks. Family got your back. But that's not always the case. And you don't want to fight. You don't want to put yourself out there assuming that, well, if shit really hit the bricks, my family got my back, and you haven't been clear that maybe your family don't quite have your back. <laughs> and you haven't prepared for that. So that's all we're saying is that family, at the end of the day, you're connected by blood, yes, but um, mm. at the end of the day, uh, um, you're still just human beings. Mm. And okay. that's that. All right, so let's, let's, so thank you, uh, uh, Cian. I hope that we um, 
helped a little bit, um, at least ease your your mind and spirit around um, where your mom and brother are mm-hmm. and, you know, physical distance and, you know, the emotions around that. Um, yeah. And, and let us know. Um, holler back at us at your gay aunties at yeah. gmail.com. Let us know <laughs> if um, anything we okay. said has helped. Okay. Letter number All right. Let's two. move on. Um, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I, feel, I, I feel like I want to. I want to read this one because I like how she wrote it. She had me cracking up. All right, and there's no way she says don't use her name. So okay, all right. So the the name of this is uh, my bad. I'm not even at the right one. Here we go. Um, yay or nay to White Bay. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Hey y'all, I'm T. First, I just want to say I love your show and thank you for your ministry. Oh, I call it a ministry. That's so cool. Um, y'all, y'all are such a blessing. I'll admit there are times when y'all be saying stuff that has me mad as hell, but then I listen a little harder and I see y'all have the type of wisdom I will never get from my mom, aunties, elders, and my family. They aren't publicly homophobic anymore, but queer people are a lot for them laughing out loud. All right, I have a question for you though. So. Earlier this year, I split up with my ex. He's a white trans man. I'm a black non-binary femme, <laughs> meaning I usually look like Dorothy Dandridge, but sometimes I look like young M.A. <laughs> I helped my ex and financed him through transitioning, coming out to his family, friends, supporting him through losing a lot of those people, helping his aging grandparents, yeah. bringing him back to Jesus, the church, <laughs> the works. <laughs> Not to mention how hard it is to be a mm. whole entire ass black lesbian and a whole entire ass relationship with a white dude. People, mm, people can, can be so mean. However, when I needed help support, he gave me the quote unquote, figure it out yourself treatment. Mm -hmm. So per my sadden return, all right, so she must be 28, 29, 30, somewhere in there. I wised up and I left his trash ass, literally left the state, (laughs) moved back to my hometown and started over. It's been tough, but wonderful. I decided I would never date a white person or be in an interracial relationship <laughs> again because it's too hard. Enter this new damn white butch. She pursued, <laughs> this is cracking me up. She, she pursued me super hard and I thought I could just sort of casually have sweet company and get some needs met. <clears throat> um, but some time has passed and I'm falling super hard for her. Um, we have so much fun together. She doesn't try to quell my extraness and she treats me like a queen. We want the same things out of life. We regard to, uh, with regard to family and kids, she has her stuff together financially <laughs> and professionally. Her politics and, um, and lotion routines are in order. That's so important, <laughs> yo. <laughs> and she, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Continuing. And she's also really, really good in bed. Much needed, of course. So also, also my mom, my mom straight up crashed one of our dates to take a picture of her license plate because my mom is extra too. (laughs) And now they are best friends. My mom has hated everyone else I have ever been involved with. So I'm a little shook. My question is, what do I do? I'm worried I don't have the stamina to deal with how the world treats us. I don't care when it's coming from straight people because I don't do because I can do without them altogether, to be perfectly honest. But when it comes from the community, it's really hard. But then there's the fact she adores me, which is the best thing ever and sadly new for me. I'm head over heels for her too. 
I welcome any advice you have, even if it's even if it's dumped that white devil. <laughs> I hope it's not though. T. First of all, T, I love the way you write. I love anyone. I love reading shit that cracks yeah. me up. Your writing is just it just painted such a clear picture, <laughs> an honest picture, a very honest picture. <laughs> But whoa, okay. um, I, I'm of two minds. I ain't going to even front. Um, and, you know, one mind is, a, is completely personal. Um, I agree with T that I, at least the second half of her letter, you know, mm-hmm. being where like I am not in a headspace to date white people for all the obvious reasons. Um you know, this kind of idea of whiteness, I think is something we as black people have to not just contend with, but try to continually understand, especially when it's Mm -hmm. in our personal lives. We have this idea of whiteness that is a motherfucker and complicated and some bullshit. And then there are the individual white people that we have in our lives that we let into our lives for whatever reasons, because they as individuals are good. You know, so, you know, so we know as black folks, when we say white motherfuckers and da, 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 we know that we're talking really about whiteness. We're not literally talking about individual people, even though even the white people in my life, I, they still and have to always go there. through a filter. Right. Even as subtle as the filter is, <laughs> you know, there. they can fuck up very easily, though I may give them some leeway to correct themselves and I can talk to them like, hey, you better, you know, backstep that thought. Uh, maybe you can say that a better way, or are you aware how you're mm-hmm. sounding when you say this? Don't get too motherfucking comfortable like that type of conversation. <laughs> but but I just want to first, before we dive into this, separate the idea of whiteness, which is bullshit, and the and 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 very real people, individuals that may uh, yeah, enter and definitely. impact our lives. I think it's important to to really differentiate the two, right? Um, personally. Um, I've dated only one white person in my life, and honestly, she was Jewish slash gypsy, and in the club, she looked light-skinned to me. <laughs> and it wasn't until the day of life, like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm not, I, you know, and we already had good laughs, so I was like, I just, I just went forth, and, you know, we're still good friends to this day. I just want to put that out there, all right? That's my track record. But beyond that, um, I personally um, have never, I've never been drawn to or attracted to just white I'm gonna be raw dog, white skin, white features, um, white cadences, mm-hmm. um, and ultimately white mind states and white uh, upbringings. Okay. That's not what I necessarily want in my yeah. life. Or if I have to mold somebody in a relationship, I don't have to mold race shit. I don't want to deal with race shit. <laughs> I want something where we can, I need some place where I can go home and cry about race shit and, and vent and do whatever I need to do and not have to. Um, mix my words or be mindful of my partner. So that's my personal mm-hmm. preference and why I will never consciously or premeditatedly <laughs> date <laughs> a white person. But I understand how you can find yourself in love or shook um, with anybody in life. 
and they can come around the corner and totally take you by surprise. And then you're, you're, you're conflicted with your black mind and how you've been raised yeah. and all that you know to be true. And then there's the truth of this actual person and how she makes you feel. And then there is the, the very raw truth, which is what your letter is speaking to asking questions about, about how other black people in your life and the community in particular, you know, they still black, queer or not, they still black, <laughs> how they're seeing your relationship. Um, if you choose to follow your heart and keep close to a person who makes you feel good, because that's the thing, you don't want to, to, to vanquish people in your life who genuinely make you feel good, okay? Um, it's kind of one of those wait and sees type of thing. Um, but for the time being, I think the, the, the sure footing you have in being in a relationship, then it'll be the people, at least the people around you, you're like your, your immediate friends, they may be side eyeing you right now, but it's more, it's, it's the more sure footed you are and the more clear and confident that's what we're looking for, confident that you are in your relationship. At some point, your friends will chill the fuck out. They will. They'll chill the fuck out. Quite honestly, I don't think you should give a shit what, what strangers have to say to you, straight, queer, whatever. But we care about what our friends think. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, but the friends will cool out. But people, with any situation that may be a little precarious, people respect confidence. And people feed off of confidence and people are impacted by confidence. So if you have the strength and the clarity to be confident in your relationship, you will see less and less side eye, at least on the people closest to you. Okay, so yes, confidence is is key. And I feel like that's something that we kind of go back to in a lot of different kinds of relationships, right? Like just being um, in LGBT relationships requires that kind of like, um, just like mental assertiveness. Now, there are also, we are in trying times. <laughs> <laughs> And so, like, I get that um, that people are in some really, um, what do you call it? Just, like, in sensitive emotional spaces around race, right? Mm -hmm. And so I get just saying, like, well, if it's good for you, you know, everybody <laughs> got to deal with it, is one part of it also. Because, like, you do have to survive in the world, right? You do have to, um, you do have a community that you are a part of. And so things can happen. Do you mm. live your relationship based off of that fear, though, is where I'm kind of, I guess, iffy on? Because then nobody would be gay. <laughs> at all because that's that fear that people will see it and they will have you know they'll feel a way about it and you'll have to deal with um deal with other people's inability to manage it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so i'm not gonna tell you leave somebody that's good to you mm. and leave somebody who you enjoy being with right <laughs> um I am going to say, though, if you are feeling a way 
about being in a relationship with someone who is white because they are white, then you all need to have that conversation and you need to be very real about it. Like I'm doing some Mm. writing right now where I'm dealing with like race and relationships. And Mm. I had just written this, this section. And then my sister, Enita J posted this poem (laughs) um, saying like talking about her fear that there's always a nigger hiding inside. Mm. That she really mm. would love to love this person, you know, or love to like have a crush on this woman. Um, but she fears that there's a nigger there that she can't see. Mm. Right? Like, <laughs> and like so, a nigger in her, like, nigga, what you doing? Like a nigga in <laughs> a nigga in this woman. Oh, saying nigga. Yeah. Or 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 meaning nigga in some other way, or, or displaying. Or, you or see feeling, me as nigger. Right. Or feeling, yeah, 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 yeah. That there's this this hidden thing that that you um, are not addressing. And I think when we don't put those things on the table, then they do like fester, then they do grow. Like they are like always in the back of your mind, like somewhere that this thing shouldn't be happening. Mm -hmm. Right? And you can't have that confidence in your relationship and you can't like move boldly in the face of opposition when you kind of feel away. Yeah. Say word. Um, and so I think that's a talk that your relationship needs to be strong enough for the two of you to have. Um, mm-hmm. You need to be able to say like, this is how I feel about us being in an interracial relationship, how do you feel? These are the fears that I have about us being in an interracial relationship. What fears do you have? Right? (laughs) So that you can be a support for each other if this is the relationship that you choose so that you can move boldly and confidently in the world if this is the relationship that you choose. Anifa and I cannot tell you what relationship to choose. But we definitely want you to be healthy and happy um, and and cared for and nurtured in those relationships. And if there are things that you all are not addressing and that Mm. you feel like you can't address with each other, then your ability to have the strength that you need to survive in the world with that kind of opposition won't be there. Mm. 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 Yeah. yeah but basically i mean you really hit it on the um the head because the way her letter reads i mean it's funny but there, it seems like she's of two minds too there is this woman who makes her feel good but mm-hmm. as a black girl being raised in america she's like oh can't be on dating this white bitch like <laughs> you know what i mean how did i get here mm-hmm. you know um <sighs> and and I, i'm glad you brought up the point as far as i mean look Yes, these are these are really interesting times we're living in, but I don't think they're any more interesting than they've always been in this country. They just kind of, right. just what, what our generation is dealing with in regards to racism. You know, Trump ain't nothing new. He just, mm-hmm. you know, brought up shit that already was there. Right. <laughs> but, um, but as our generation, I'm saying our as, I, as far as what's going on now, I include our generation, me and Red generation, in millennials, in um, Gen Z, I Gen, whatever the fuck they call them, you know, mm-hmm. um, we are all relative adults 
and young people living, or rather people who are really able to do things and, and, and have to contend with what's happening in the country right now. Right. Um, and I can understand how it can be this side of, I don't want to say dangerous, but extremely uncomfortable (laughs) for interracial relationships. Um, so even with the confidence, um, I think that if you are choosing to be in this relationship, you also have to know what comes with it. And this is not, and, and, and this is not to say that you deserve anything to happen to you or you deserve any, even any side eye or people saying shit. No one deserves that. Um, but it's almost like a pill you got to swallow, um, unless you want to take on the whole community and you, and part of your mind knows why they're put off by it. You know what I mean? Um, so if you, if you understand in one mind, what your community is feeling, your community of black people are feeling, um, but you're not in a relationship with them. It's it's almost like, okay, and not for nothing, you're still young. <laughs> you know, this can be a time in your life. Doesn't mean it's like, she's the one you're going to, you know, have kids with and shit. <laughs> but, you know, um, I think that if you're going to choose to be in a relationship, you have to be able to take, um, um, uh, the good in the shit times. Um, even the shit times are coming from people in the community because I think you know why they are put off by it. Um, oh God, it's like, as I'm speaking, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like I know emotionally what I feel. And then sometimes when you hear it out loud, it sounds fucked up in a really kind of divine way. <laughs> like this is not divinely good to say, but it ain't nothing that we don't say um, in our own communities, you know? Um, and I'm only feeling that way because I know that this podcast, that everyone hears this podcast. But if I'm going to, if I'm just talking to you as a black woman, I know the two minds you're speaking in, that you're, that you're, that you're dealing with. And you're going to have to make a decision which one you care for more. At the end of the motherfucking day, mm. at the end of the day, yeah. you, which do you care for more? You know what I mean? Now this chick, and, and I'm a matter of fact, fuck it. Let's just drop all appearances and guards and shit. This bitch, this young woman, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> is going to have to do a whole lot, okay, mm. to come up in the ranks within your own community, especially now. She got to be exceptional. <laughs> she got to give you, you know, something that you are literally willing to not live without. I was like, it's hard enough being black. I don't want to have to deal with all of that. I don't want to have to have that conversation. I'm already having conversations with partners around, you know, us just dealing with each other as human beings. I don't want to have to deal with all that. Mm-hmm. But that's a choice I've clearly made for myself. So I think you need to make a choice that for yourself, what do you want to deal with? And if you're willing to deal with it, then you're going you're gonna to have to build up that confidence. Like Red said, you're going to have to have them conversations you know, with your partner, this is how I feel when I will be walking down the street and my people's look at me like I'm fucking crazy. This is what I have to, you know, I have to feel it. And I only feel it because I understand it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if I didn't give a shit, then I wouldn't feel it. 
Like she said, I don't give a shit what straight folks have to say. It's where black queers are like, yo, bitch, what you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you know what they're feeling. You're not, you're not being judgmental of it. That's what it is. You have no judgment over it because you understand. You probably at times even felt it. You know what I mean? So you have to let your partner know that it's complicated like that. Like that. And so how is she going to deal with you dealing with this? And it's not about you getting over it and all of that, because I think people like to say that a lot. Like, you know, well, you're just going to have to, you know, get over it and don't let people, you know, uh, uh, impact your relationship. But that's a hard thing to get over being black in this country. (laughs) You know, that's not easy. And that's not necessarily something that's even desired. You know, as uh, Teak Milan once said, and um, actually, you people, I keep referring to you Exactly. He referred to it as, he referred to it as the beautiful struggle. Mm-hmm. Because it's a struggle, but honestly, I don't want to, I ain't never had a desire to be white to alleviate myself from this fucking struggle of being black. Mm-hmm. That's not an option, <laughs> you know, for me. I don't want to be white. It's like, I don't want to be straight. Yeah. You know, so, and I'm very clear on that. It doesn't make me racist, doesn't make me, maybe to to a degree prejudice, but I can own that. So I can own my prejudice, but my prejudice is for my own protection. I want to be around my people and I want to be able to be around a degree of white folks and be myself. But end of the day, who I want to be with in my intimate, intimate space are black folks. And there's a reason because there's safety in that. This is a part of my beautiful struggle. This is a part of me navigating this world that is trying to navigate around me too, or through mm-hmm. me. So you got, you got to, you know, like Red said, you got to, you got to honor this, what you're feeling, you know, and decide what the fuck you want to do. What do you care for more? You know what I mean? Or do you want to really feel numb to Black folks not feeling right about your relationship, as fucked up as that may sound, you know what I mean? Do you want to do all that? If not, then, you know, handle your business yeah. or get yours in while you can. But maybe this relationship is not going to work out if you are kind of like half-stepping with it. And honestly, that's not even fair to her, not for nothing. Yeah, right. You okay. know, so but yeah. what the part that I was thinking about was, um, and forgive me, I don't remember the sister's name, but uh, I think she was T- the, T- no, 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 the, um, the 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 makeup artist who was crying and was just oh. like, "Why you gotta be gay?" And we got so much to deal with as black people. Oh, 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 nah. Nah. oh no! Oh, you people, yeah, nah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And so, like, I remember um, during the taping, us really being like, "Yo, like, you got to hold them, them tears, sis." Because, like, this is not, um, like, we understand your frustration, but we're not willing to wait to make you comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. We're not willing to, mm-hmm. to, to hold who we are for the Black struggle anymore, right? <laughs> and so mm-hmm. this was, what, 2005 when we were feeling mm-hmm. that? Six. Six, right? Okay. So I'm wondering, like, especially for this particular a woman in this particular relationship, like how much are you willing to sacrifice to make other people feel comfortable who are not in your home and not in your experience? And yo, like you really feel like you you about to be alone waiting for somebody, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, to come along and maybe, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. 
when you had it <laughs> to please mm. somebody else who does not benefit from your decision. Because really, mm. Mm. the black mm. community does not benefit from me not being gay. Mm. Right? Mm. There's no real benefit mm. other than than me conforming and not making them feel uncomfortable. And there's no way that everybody is not going to be uncomfortable by something. And I was thinking the same thing mm. about the letter before. Mm. Like, if people are determined to have a problem with you, they're going to have one. Period. No matter what you do. <laughs> and so Word. I'm just really like, mm, I don't even know. Mm, okay. So, like, I get what the what the issue is. Everybody understands what the racial mm-hmm. problem is. The conflict. Right, what the conflict yeah. is, mm-hmm. where it comes from, and even how it's uh, reinvigorated in these times. What I'm not going to be comfortable in saying is that you got to answer to the community in any way. I say. <laughs> No, you're right. You're right. I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's really what it comes down to. Um, and that's and that's you know that's one thing that I admit that I go back and forth on because mm-hmm. I believe in community. Like I believe in. I would not have survived this far in my life without my communities. All of them mm-hmm. like, that I've been a part of. Um, I also mm-hmm. know that in each of those communities, there are ways that I do not measure up to their expectations. Same word. In each of them. Same word. <laughs> and so I can't drive myself crazy and make all of my life decisions trying to live up to the absolutely unattainable. And here's here's one of the things, just to cut, I want you to also differentiate um, you two as a couple and you as a black person yourself. Now, your our community uh-huh. may judge you as a black person because you're with a white partner, but at the end of the day, your blackness is determined on what your black ass does in its life yeah. with your black people. At the end of the fucking day, because there are plenty of people throughout history that have done mountains, moved mountains for black Say people, <laughs> but they had a white partner at home. We gonna James Baldwin and we gonna like all of that right now. All of that, all of that, all of that. And you can can use them as an example that you can't judge me as a black person because I'm choosing to share my bed with a white person or share my my intimate, intimate life with this white person. Actually, what you should do is like um, say, well, that must be some, that must be a dope ass white bitch (laughs) if you, this dope ass black woman, are choosing to be with her. Yeah. You know, so force other people or rather um, by example, let other people start to shift their thinking as far as blackness is not determined on who you date. Yes, we can, again, judge it to whatever extent, because that's based on our own angst and anxiety and crap we got to deal with as black people in this world with these white folks. But mm-hmm. you make sure that your blackness, period, you, outside of your partner, is on point. Then nobody can fuck with you. 
at the end of the day, yeah. if you are doing work in the world, whatever your work is, and I just say you got to be some big civil rights leader. <laughs> I'm just saying, whatever your work in the world, if it is black identified, if it's clearly footed in, in blackness and who, how you even, even if your work is just being who you are in the world, it's not like you are curtailing who you are because of your partner. And that's really what's most important. Wherever you go, as long and whoever you're with, as long as you are your black ass self, mm-hmm. nobody can tell you that you're not black. But she said in the letter that this person does not require her to be other than herself. That she feels herself and and this this person supports her extraness or whatever the word was that she said. Mm -hmm. And not everybody's going to support your extraness. (laughs) (laughs) It's some extraness I can't take and I will not support. (laughs) (laughs) So... So, so I think we've 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 gone around the the bend and back, but I think what me and Red are probably most comfortable with saying to you, mm-hmm. and, and advice wise, is that outside of your relationship, you are still a black woman, and as long as you are clear on that, on how you work in this world, and what you do in this world, and how you love in this world. And that is reflecting your blackness. Even how you love your white partner is reflecting reflection of your blackness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then and you and you're again confident in that and clearer. Rather, you're clear. You're confident by 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 default of being mm-hmm. clear that you are a black woman. <laughs> you know, then there ain't nothing nobody can right. really say. They may say behind your back, but guess what? It's behind your that back. <laughs> and, ain't, and it ain't exactly if it ain't heard or seen, the shit don't fucking exist. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, even people they say things too. At some point, those people still have to interact with you at some right. point. And so, as long as you are clear and you are expressing and being who you are, then all of that goes outside the window. How many times someone told you about somebody? Oh, yo, you know she just date white girls. You heard about that, right, right, right. So then, in your head, you thinking, oh, she one of them girls that just date date white girls. You got your own prejudice going on, mm-hmm. and then you meet her, and you're like, this is the dopest chick I right. ever met in my life. All that shit that people don't said is out yeah. the window. And you bite your own tongue, all the stuff you thought, all this prejudgment you had on this person. So don't worry about what people say behind your back. Don't worry about the side eye. You just represent, make sure that you're walking in your light, in your black beautifulness, you know, and that um, your partner compliments and supports that. And you, in turn, support her as mm-hmm. as her partner, too. And y'all clear on that. I think that's and maybe at the end of the day, that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> that was hard. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, because it's, cause it's complicated, and we know why yeah. it's complicated, you know? Yeah. It is. It's a complicated subject, you know? We can we can be intellectual about it, but in the day, it's an it emotional is. subject. And that's, that's, that's murkier water, you know what I mean? Um, but thank yeah. you, T, for uh, reaching out to us in a way that you did. I hope that something we said makes sense um, and clicks for you, and you can act on it based on that. Um, and if you, uh, yeah. you and all y'all, <laughs> have any comments um, around what we said um, to both CN and, and T, um, and or if you have any questions yourself um, or need advice with life, love, sex, career, you name it, in your, in your beautiful queer life that you were living or complicated yeah. queer life that you were living, holla at your gay aunties at gmail.com or on Instagram at Absolutely. Well, thank you all so much for the letters. We love it. We love it. We love it. We hope that they continue to come and we're so happy to serve in this way. 
Uh, I am Red Summer. And I am Hanifa Walida. And we are your gay aunties. Talk to you later, baby. Later, baby.